is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We're closing in to a trade deadline day. Yeah. Three more days. I just can't believe the amount of trades that have happened already. Holy McAdoo! <laughs> Anything left? Well, I don't think for the Leafs. There, there might be some dregs out there for some other teams. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, David Sisboomba, Sammy McKee, all on the board for the next two hours. We're glad you're here with us wherever you are watching, listening. Sportsnet 590, The Fan, our YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify. Going to be a fun two hours picking away at what's left. Going into Friday, deadline, 3 p.m. Eastern. Zach Hyman's going to join us in about 20 minutes. Leafs and Oilers tomorrow night. Oilers coming off a tough loss to the Boston Bruins, which was a highly entertaining game. Yeah, a lot of talent. McDavid, McDaviding out there. A lot of pace. A lot, a lot, lot of, of pace, pace, as they say, for sure. Scott Darling, former NHL goalie, NBC Chicago analyst, and if I'm not mistaken... Stand-up comedian? Current stand-up comedian. I, I heard stand-up. that correctly. The only person weirder to become a stand-up comedian might be Tom Brady. What was that tweet today? That Tom Brady's going to try stand-up comedy? I, anyway. I chose to ignore that. Okay. Um, anyway, Scott Darling does do it for real. But I, I hate when people say, oh, he's a stand-up comedy, and it's like, be funny. When you, it's like asking me for sports takes outside of here. I'm yeah. Like, you know, it's like, be funny. Give me the take. We'll, we'll ask hockey. I'm yeah. going to. Uh, I'll try some material on him. And- oh, you're going to try him? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a nightmare segment. I'm going to be just wincing over here. I'm going to try something on him. I mean, <laughs> material. And I would appreciate it between now and Scott Darling. Okay. You can come up with something. I'm and evolving. Then, JB, <laughs> you as well. I will do nothing each, of the sort. We're yeah. going to each try and we'll we'll compare it to what he presents us and we'll see where we are on, on stand-up. Comedian, comedic material. I I did not approve this as a well, producer. It's not good. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm telling you right now, Sammy. You better not come up dry on me. Uh, okay? it's... Between now and Scott Darling, I need something out of you. It's a little. I'm thrilled. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you're not going to want to miss it. Anybody who's watching or listening, you're not going to want to miss this. This uh, is going to be. Um, I don't know what it's going to be. Taking a huge <laughs> dump. <laughs> <laughs> hey Derek, oh, you took the whole week off, and now you dropped that one on me. Uh, all right. Um, before we get into all the uh, all the hockey stuff, I was just watching the Blue Jays spring training, mm-hmm. uh, preparing for our show so deeply as I always do. Yes, the pitch clock in baseball has saved the sport. It After is for two games. Unbelievable. Got, yeah, it, it it's so good. It really? Is the pace of the game, I can't believe the difference. Can you imagine? It's like everyone know, is Mark Burley. They just gets it and go, gets it and go. It's it's So it's I love it, love it, love it, hundred percent on board. But can you imagine if it someone has a crucial baller strike called against them in a playoff game at a crucial moment? Yeah. It's gonna be you know what's gonna happen drama. There, right? Umps are going to let it go an extra. Well, you can't because it's it's black and white right now. If the clock is going to be out. out of your hand, is that the idea, yes. or do you have to be in your motion? And it's it's there's no wiggle room on it. But here's the thing: I think once we get to playoffs, it'll probably be loosened up a little bit. I would imagine. I think 
one of the, I mean, we don't need to get into it too much, but I think one of the great mo- things about playoff baseball is the anticipation between pitches and kind of the buildup or whatever. So I could see them being a little. So it's 15 seconds. 15 seconds. So no one, 15 with seconds. no one on. You know, and then, sneaky long You know time. how bad MLB would look if they went from 15 during the regular season to 18 in the playoffs? Well, no, I think they just, I would just scrap it for the playoffs. No, they're not going to, they, again, they're going to look bad. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying. Okay. I'm not going to turn this into a negative. My second favorite sport to I watch is now ten times better. I think so. it sticks. Hundred percent. Anyways, good talk. And Ricky Tiedemann. And Ricky Tiedemann, Jay's top prospect, absolutely dealt in this game. Has a sick arm tattoo. Looks awesome. So, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> we'll get uh, we'll get into so much. But uh, last night in Dallas, Vancouver. Mm. Did you watch that one? I did not. It's good. I was losing a marginal beer league. Did you watch that one? I, I, I watched the end of it. Oh. Because I think Sportsnet went to it. Okay. And Kuzmenko scored the OT winners. He's been unbelievable late in games. But did you see all the, the standing around on that one? No, I didn't see the It, it came off of uh, an entry, whether or not... Um, uh, uh, no, oh, Bavillier. Bavillier, Bavillier had yeah. possession mm-hmm. over the blue line or not. But here we are in baseball, and they're speeding it up with 15 seconds. And you, like, it was like watching paint dry. Hey, a pitch clock on refs. They waited, and everybody's standing around, yeah. and the guys don't know whether to go on and off the ice. And I'm like, it looked exactly like... Uh, the NHL skills competition in between events. That's tough. That's tough it's, luck. Exactly. So here, it's just ironic that we're talking about baseball and how quick it's moving now. And last night, everybody stood around and watched paint dry. And Good goal. Okay, yeah. everybody go home now. That's tough. That's tough. We got to make some time restrictions on the, well, on the reviews. Anyways. All right. Where do you want to start? Least practicing in Seattle today at 3.30. We yeah. expect to uh, hear... Where everybody slotted, Sammy? Yeah, we'll see uh, some some practice lines, which are always exciting. But I think can, we should. Can we mention Patrick Kane yes. just got traded? I would think that would probably be the lead. Patrick Kane, not official yet. No, you and know, it can't you, be official until five o'clock. In fact, five o one. Five o one. Yes, is that right? Yes, five o one. Because then your cap On hit counts for Wednesday, the next day. And the Rangers are down to scraping for nickels <laughs> and the couch cushions to fit this guy in. Um, so it hasn't happened officially. I had heard uh, I, I heard yesterday that it was uh, a second and a fourth. So I guess the second is conditional. So what's up with you? Like, you don't want to be an insider anymore. You know this stuff. You texted. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't want no, the drama anymore? I don't know. Sometimes if I feel like it, I'll put it out. Sometimes if I don't. Like, <laughs> you know. Once upon a time, I was paid a lot of money to do that. Yeah. And you were, you know, it, and it's. You do. You put yourself out there. But it, yeah. it's, it was your job back then. Now it's not my job. Yeah. So, you know. I, it's much easier on this side with me just throwing darts. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. If I feel like it, I will. If I don't, yeah. I won't. But I had heard a second and a fourth. My first thought when I heard it was. This is Pat Kane. That's an embarrassment. Of a return? Yes. Ah, uh, no. I mean, you understand how it gets to why I it understand is. it. I just think it kind of sucks. He is better than that. Chicago needed to play this out to get a better return on that. And between Taves and Kane and watching this organization the last five years stumble... 
you should have been able to get a better return than a second and a fourth for Taves and Kane when you had ample time to build this. Yeah, well, Taves still there, right? That's still going to be a thing, presumably in Chicago. Contracts over, right? I don't want. I don't think they want him back. No. Okay, that's interesting. The Kane one. What is the condition that makes the second the first? That I don't know. Conference finals. Rangers winning two rounds makes it a first. Yeah. And I wonder if that is any lottery protection on that. Not sure. Doesn't say. Uh, But thousand percent, it would. Yeah. Okay. But. You know, when I when I look uh when I think of uh you know at least I get picks and you had Sammy the list of Chicago's picks coming up and it was like it's an embarrassment of riches of the yin yang. Yeah, so now right? they'd have seven second round picks but and when when you give up like the Brinkett and like Kirby Doc Kane Taves out there like you got to get a prospect. You got to get some sort of kind of blue chip type of prospect. Like they got nothing. No, it's crazy is next year. Like who's on the team here are forwards under uh contract for the Blackhawks next year. Tyler Johnson, Jason Dickinson, Colin Blackwell, Cole Gutman, David Gust, Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. Those are all the names that are contracted forward for the Blackhawks next season. So like, I understand you don't want to win, but you don't want to embarrass yourself either. How 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 many years they've been bad now? Five. Yeah, six. Scuffling for six. four hard. They they were in the. Didn't they make like the bubble playoffs? Didn't they beat somebody in the bubble playoffs? I don't know. Sounds right. I thought they. I thought they. <laughs> they played somebody in the first round of that, and they beat somebody Edmonton. Yeah, didn't they beat the Oilers? Okay. So that was two. So that was that, three years ago. Does that that was not based on like a turnaround in the organization? That was kind of a one-off, wasn't it? Like the Canucks beat Vegas, didn't they? Or sorry, they they the Canucks won a couple of rounds through that whole thing, didn't they? Like yeah. that was still off the backs of Taves, Kane, and Keith at the time, too, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like. There was a new wave, and the, the, your new fresh blood came in, and now we're we're growing into a different direction. Like they were really, really, they stunk this year. <laughs> is that where this is going? No, in conclusion? I'm just saying that <laughs> yeah. when I just watch the way this whole thing's kind of concluded for yeah. Kane and Taves, I'm disappointed for Chicago Blackhawk fans that it couldn't turn around quicker. It couldn't turn around quicker. You didn't get a ton in return. Yeah. Uh, when it's all said and done. And how far are you away from contending now yeah. with all those picks? And they're not even prospects. They're picks. Right. So, so you got to turn them into prospects. How far are the Chicago Blackhawks away yeah. from competing again? So they here's what they did in the last four years. Eight yeah. years since they won the championship. Five. Yeah. They've, won, they've lost in the first round twice, out of the playoffs twice, lost in the first round, and then out of the playoffs, and then this year they'll be out of the playoffs. So... It hasn't been, but they also won three championships. So right. I would probably trade, you know? Yeah. I get Kip's point here, though. It's like you, you That's have 10 years ago. all these picks. Yeah. You have- <laughs> My dad was five the last time the Leafs won the Cup. So I think I'd take <laughs> 10 years ago. But the point, I think, is that they could, they got to turn some of these picks into human beings. It's like, yes, you know, 
you can't harvest a crop before you plant seeds here, and all day they haven't even bought the seeds yet. So long ways to go. Okay, where else you want to go? You want to start with uh, the D, available D out there? You want to talk about the well, league and want, a memo, watching them? Or are we going to wait for that? Well, do you want to talk about Pooley Arvey getting Pooley traded Arvey too? getting traded to Carolina. That's so perfect for him. And it's so Carolina to go get him. They got a big analytics staff there, and he's an analytics darling. There you go. That is unlike them, though, I think, to pay for someone who doesn't have term. But I don't think they paid anything at all. I, I in terms of prospect capital, they traded a kid who's a UFA at the end of the year who third rounder doesn't seem like he's much of a player. So I um, am really happy about this trade because now I don't have to spend any more time talking about Yessi Pooley RV. It's one of those guys that's forever going to be a debated guy because the fans loved him and some numbers people loved the him and the team hated loved him. him. Loved him. Stop the it. The Bison King. He was a, he had a moment there where he was like a fan favorite for sure with all those stupid pictures of him with his face, his tongue out. Yeah. And his, people liked him a lot. In a his bit. first year. Uh, first couple. Recent. Yeah, I would say even when the Bison King was like within the last two years that he had that nickname. Yeah. This was a disaster draft pick. Where did he, who did he go? But what? he was Austin Matthews, line A. And then he went fourth to Edmonton. Because Columbus, with their Finnish mm-hmm. general manager, Yarmo Kukalainen, didn't draft a Finn. Mm-hmm. Like, so he passed on him? He passed on him and took, he took Dubois. Right. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm-hmm. So a Finn passed on a Finn. So he knew. He knew. He knew. Yeah. He knew. That's interesting. That should be a red flag if you're picking after them. You're like, you're why cut- would the guy who has all the contacts <laughs> there not pick him? Exactly. You know, that guy would know, wouldn't he? No, we're that still going to pick him. Or so? We picked him. Oh, we picked him. That guy knew somebody that knew somebody when he was, like, in the maternity ward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Fair enough. And uh, then you passed on Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> yeah. Like, where were the... Who's uh, any fourth there, there in the NHL scoring right now? Sammy, do you have that draft? Yeah, I got it right in front of okay, me. Okay, who's the who's the D out there that they passed on as well? Uh, Sergachev went ninth. Chikrin too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he was he was down further. Yeah, okay. He went uh, 16 to Arizona. Okay, they're trying to Vancouver like, took Oliu Levy. Trying to trade for him desperately, and I know he went he was right there for you in the middle of the draft. Oliu yeah. Levy was the first defenseman in that draft taken. And Charlie McAvoy went 14th in that draft. God, I could, if you're an NHL general manager, never look at the drafts. <laughs> no, I know who went behind you. You just, it would keep you up at night. It's you, tough. But the Oilers are rumored to be in on Jacob Chikrin and yes. Matthias Eckholm. As they should be. Two in. giant names. I mean, I, they would have to move some salary. The Pulley RV deal is part of that, creating space for a big contract like that but this is exactly what should be happening you watch that oilers team last night yeah god they they have a lot of ability they just need a couple of guys that can protect the lead and play d zone we're gonna get to zach hyman edmonton Oilers forward former toronto maple leaf of course in about uh, five minutes uh we're gonna get into a lot including last night's game against the boston bruins and yeah it just seemed that uh maybe that that's the part that's missing Mm -hmm. for the oilers last night to the Boston Bruins, because it was a good game. I mean, it was fairly close, but yeah. no question 
Boston deeper. Yeah, McDavid doing his thing right now is, I just can't remember. I don't think I've ever seen a player look like McDavid looks these days. What a thrill. 50 goals, 100 points, nobody close to him. I mean. Did you guys want to touch on this, the the memo about, Closely, the NHL memo about close, closely scrutinizing trades where players are acquired within the intent of keeping them out in LTIR until the playoffs. We can touch on it, sure. Yeah. I have a thought on it. Yeah, my, my thought is that uh, they made their bed with Tampa Bay and Kucherov, and that's just the way it is. And I'm sorry, but you can't call it cap circumvention when it's within the rules. Yes. You know, like if this is, we have allowed players to do this in the past, a CBA loophole needs to be tightened up, but you can't just say you can't do it. And it's like, well, actually it's within all of the rules if, you've laid out. If So Knight, yes, I can. If Nyquist or Monaghan are not healthy today, but they still have a chance to be in the last week of April or wait to the first round, yeah. then sorry, right? Tampa did it. And you say, you know, I traded for this guy. If he's healthy before, we'll put him in. And we'll have to make some other arrangements, wave some guys. You know, don't don't worry about my cap. I'll manage it. And then what do you know? Yeah. Not healthy till playoffs. Well, how many, how impossible do they want to make player move? Even more impossible do they want to make player movement? Yeah. It's like you make all these incredibly hey, listen, tough we, rules. We know. We know what's going on. It's because the Leafs did it with Riley Nash. Now they have to, uh, they have to fix it. I don't, uh, you can't fix it till you negotiate it. Very funny tweet from the Oak Leafs that's like, you know, the Leafs take tuba playing lessons and the NHL is like, new rule, can't take tuba lessons. Yeah. It's like the Leafs can't do it. Remember when they had, they had refs at a summer skate and they're like, like, nope, no refs. They kicked down the door with a SWAT team to get the refs out of there. (laughs) Gary's goons running in there. I just, I don't know. It just feels needless. You could, I think the memos about a reminder don't embarrass us. That's all. I would like one really, team trades for all three of those guys. <laughs> really be careful here. That's all. Yeah. And just be discreet. I think that's the message. Yeah. Okay. So on the uh, leafers front, if I may, if we're done with that little tidbit, you know, they do have to clear cap space to make room for Murray if he comes back. I put some thought into the Leafs today. I don't know how much, it's how like, hard is it going to be? It's not that hard. It's you and I talked about it. I think they have to clear like 1.2. So are, they, are we going to see some guys uh, uh, shortened bench? Are we going to see guys yeah. up and down? That's the But I've seen stuff on the internet where it's like, oh, they're going to have to trade Kerfoot. No, they're gonna have to I trade. don't think so. No, I don't either. I think you find a way. I think if someone gets hurt in the next two days, you say, good news, you get a 10-day vacation or whatever LTIR is. Maybe it's 10 games. Someone's going to. Two-week vacation. Someone's going to get. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, someone's going on LTIR. Wow. So you, who's getting hurt? You need it? Maybe you need Tavares to say, hey, JT, we talked about load management. You're going to get, you got hurt last game. Sorry to tell you. Um, you don't two weeks need off. long-term, though, IR. Oh, IR still I don't, do the trick? I don't know. I, just somebody hurt maybe could do the trick or you, have to, you have to put them on IR. Yeah, you need you need to put them on IR, but or, whether it has to be LTIR or, can you just or not, I send don't know. guys down. You can, but then you risk them getting claimed. No one is waiver exempt on their team, so everyone oh, oh, everybody has to clear waivers. Yeah, okay, I didn't know that. But like, you know, are people clamoring for Zach Aston Reese? 
out there. And maybe a team going into playoffs thinks they could use him. Yeah, he probably gets claimed, actually. He makes like 840 or something like that. So Sandine? No, no, no. Uh, Aston Reese, if he were to be waived, he probably gets claimed. Uh, I don't think so. No, with that no. salary and he can play a fourth-line role. Everyone wants depth. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't sweat that one out. There's a couple names on waivers today, isn't there? They got Hunt. You could put them in different uniforms. Oh, yeah, the Leafs do have Hunt, don't they? He still exists. <laughs> He's still there. No joke. I forgot about that entirely. All right. Wow. All right, let's go. Zach Hyman. Edmonton Oilers. Hey, thanks for joining us. We know you played last night. It was a tough game, um, but we really appreciate you coming on our show. Thanks for doing this. Of course. Thanks, guys. Happy to be on. Yeah. So, like, let's start with just, you know, your hockey club and uh, – uh, last night facing a Boston Bruin team that uh, certainly has done uh, a lot to impress a lot of people in the uh, throughout the league. Um, just your overall thoughts on how you measured up last night, and uh, we found it a real entertaining game. I, we know you guys were a little short on on the outcome, but what does a game against the Boston Bruins do to you to to find out where where you guys are at? Yeah, I think it was obviously a, a really competitive game, probably our most playoff like game of the year um really high paced and and obviously with what they've done this season it was a game you know that you can use as a as a measuring stick as the cliche goes right but i i think yeah i think i think i thought it was a really good game i thought we were right in it the whole way and uh and yeah i think it's it, it, it was a good good game for us to kind of just experience a team like that that's that's run through the league this year Zach, good to have you on. Been a while since we've had a chance to chit-chat. I, I was hoping you would uh, get to weigh in a little bit on your evolution as a player here. You know, at uh, 30 years old, you're in the top 20 in NHL scoring, well over a point per game with, uh, you know, career highs in basically every category. H- how do you feel that you've got to the point you're at where your offensive game has really become such a weapon for you? Hey, Barney. Um, good. I think it's a little different than our Marley days. Um, <laughs> Just but, a bit, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I think like as a as a player, if you're not if you're not a Connor or an Austin, and you don't come into the league and kind of light the league on fire, you have to you know get into the league and and try to stick in the league by doing something. And and for me, when I when I first came into the league, it was just trying to be an everyday player and and just focus kind of on on the grind and the defensive side. I think every year I've tried to to develop the offensive side of things and, and develop, you know, holding on to the puck and having patience and little touches um, through the neutral zone and the offensive zone, things like that. And, and obviously now I'm at the point in my career where I'm, you know, pretty confident, uh, you know, as, as a player to be able to make plays and not just put the puck in. Whereas in the beginning of my career, I would, you know, dump it in now holding, looking to make a play and, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't hurt playing with guys like Connor and, and Leon and Nuge as well. So, can you, can you talk about that transition? Because I, I know early in your Leaf career, Zach, you know, with a guy like Mike Babcock, there was a sense that you were going to be the bulldozer for for skilled guys. You were going to go in there. You're going to crash and bang. You're going to open up lanes, um, and you know. I, we saw that, and you were very successful. But that that light switch that went off. When did that happen uh, for you that said, I can do more than just dump and chase here. I can, I can make plays. I can, I can do the things that you just spoke of moments ago. When do you really feel like that kicked in? Uh, 
I think it's it's a gradual thing. I think every year, you know, as a player, you try to get better. And I think a lot of people have a misconception that you hit your, your prime offensive years at a certain age. Whereas, you know, for me, I, I came out of college and I, and I started my NHL career you know, older than, than most young guys do. And, and I think, you know, as you gain more experience in the league, as you gain more confidence, as you get more games played, you earn more of the coach's trust and you earn more of the, you know, cliche word, the leash from the coach to, to give yourself, you know, opportunities to make more plays. Um, but, you know, so I think I think that goes into it. I think it's also having the mindset of just understanding the league and every year working on things that, you know, you watch video and you see yourself, do certain things, you know, and then you watch it on the video and you watch other players and you can kind of pick up little tricks and traits. And I remember early on in my career watching, you know, JVR in front of the net and, and it just seemed like, you know, every time he touched the puck, you just had an extra second of patience and was able to kind of lift it over the goalie's pad or make a play and, and not rush things. And I remember watching that and thinking, you know, why can't I do that? So I just, you know, worked on stuff in front of the net because that's where I spent most of my time and and uh, just working on little patience and little touches and things like that. I didn't just sit there and shoot pucks from the, the middle because that's not where my game is. Zach, do you see some similarities between this Oilers group that you're with and the Leafs team that you were on here in Toronto? Uh, I just think of a couple of superstars, an organization looking to break through, you know, sometimes take some heat about defense but can score with the best of them. Does it feel like you're in similar places or is it a totally different type of vibes between the two groups? No, I, I think it's a fair statement. I think when I when I chose to come to, to Edmonton, one of the big reasons was because of the parallels between the two teams and and the comfort, you know, sense of comfort between well, what what I you know had going in in Toronto and, and what I was going to in Edmonton, and I think having played in Edmonton for for almost two years now, I think you know those those comparables are definitely valid. Like I think both both the groups have high high end skill and players um, that can that can score and and that can make you pay. And I think both you know both groups are you know younger and looking for playoff success. And I think. You know, obviously, we were able to, to have a little bit of that last year, making the Western Conference Finals. But mm-hmm. both teams want to win, right? And and I think, you know, that's the key. But yeah, I think both teams are are built in a in a similar manner with that high end, you know, core. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's definitely a comparable situation. We're talking to Zach Hyman, Edmonton Oilers forward, uh, and a guy that's. Uh helping out Connor McDavid a lot these days. I mean, I, I don't know if he's got 20 or 30 goals without a guy like you. Um, and in all honesty uh, here, uh, is, is there, and don't take this the wrong way, but is there sometimes that you even get caught watching this guy and while you're on the ice go, oh my God, I cannot believe what I just saw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, he's, he's the best player in the world. And yeah, it's, it's not really close to be honest. Like, I played with a lot of good players and, and he's, he's on another level just in every sense of, of what he does. Um, just, yeah, he's, he just has an extra gear that nobody has and he's just so driven. He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's one of a kind. And I think, uh, I mean, everybody watches him can, can see it. And when you, when you play with him, you get a, another, you know, a greater sense of, of appreciation for what he's able to do. And uh, obviously this year, um, 
he's taken on more of a, a scorer's mentality, and you can kind of see the results, obviously. So what's it like right now being on this Oilers team where you're a couple of points out of uh, division lead here, you're in the chase, uh, trade deadline is a couple days away. You know, it's a weird thing where you want better players to come to your team, but it can come the cost at the cost of guys in the room. What is the feeling of anticipation like when you're waiting for something to happen here? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's always a weird time of the year. I think it's it's uh, it's a little bit of a waiting period. We have a couple games before before the deadline, but obviously we made a move today, and and you know, yes, is going to to Carolina, so we'll miss him. Um, but at the same time, in, in the locker room, it's a, obviously a feeling of excitement when uh, when you have a group that you're you're confident in, and and you have a you know you have a team that you, you think can you know go out and win. And and this time of year is is where you you know fine tune it and add pieces. And as a player, you try not to think about it too much because there's really not nothing you can control. You just can control kind of the results on the ice and and what you do out there. So that's kind of what we do, and we we, we listen to you know we. we watch and see what happens i think you know we don't we don't really hear anything until it's done so it's uh it's obviously an exciting time for sure though and overall how have you been around this time of year uh trade deadline and not that you've been your name's been mentioned over your career but it does affect teammates it does affect uh you know the the vibe in the in the city we all expect uh ken kevin uh ken holland to be uh aggressive here and finding a defenseman uh how how's that been the last couple of days as an oiler? Yeah, I think it's kind of just status quo. I think the, the reality of trade deadline is you hear about it months out, and like I think a month ago we were hearing about you know trade deadline, and and now you're it's kind of relieving almost that you're you're three days or whatever away from from it. Um, but as a player, yeah, I think. Um, Obviously, a, a stressful time for a lot of guys. I think when you play in a Canadian market, whether it's Toronto or Edmonton, it almost feels like guys have been on the trading block for for years, right? Where where their name keeps getting popped up or, or whatnot. And uh, once the trade deadline uh, day comes and goes, and you know you're locked in and and you're you're on this team for for the for the run, right? So I think it just solidifies the group. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why we we play on trade deadline day, honestly, because it's a it's a day where you you know so many things are happening, and uh, I think we play Winnipeg uh, on on the Friday, so it'll be an interesting one. Right, last one for me. Just want to get a sense for what you're doing off the ice these days. I mean, I know you've written children's books, and you're involved in I you're involved in a whole bunch of stuff, aren't you? What do you got going on off the ice these days? <laughs> yeah, lots lots of stuff. Obviously, I like to. Uh, to keep busy um, outside of the rink, but honestly, the, the thing that keeps me busy is now I got two little boys, so oh boy. spending a lot of time, uh, a lot of time with them um, when I can. So it's been it's been really fun being uh, being a dad and just being able to hang out with them uh, whenever I can. That's great. You were a dad to the guys like Nylander and Kapanen and all those guys at the Marlies back in the day. So good to, good to see you doing it for real now. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Hey, uh, one more for me before uh, we let you go. Our producer, Sammy, really, really wants an Oiler Leaf final. You, you're going to yeah. do, do your part to, to make that happen, right? Yeah, that would be, I mean, talk about a heart attack. We didn't happen. That'd be, uh, <laughs> that'd be awesome, right? But be uh be a pretty, pretty cool final. I think, uh, so anyways, we got a long way away from there, but, uh, 
would be would be something if that was, if that would happen. Well, we know we'll uh, we'll anticipate uh, you giving it every uh, ounce you got every night uh, between then and now. So, uh, really appreciate your time, Zach. Thanks for doing this. Awesome, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Zach Hyman. What a year he's having. I did well talking to him, looking up his stats. Top twenty, and he's nineteenth in the NHL in points. He's if a- if you would have told anyone in Leaf Nation like four or five years ago that that was a possibility. You, people would have looked at you like you had three heads. Well, I mean, he was a utility, like, a, a, sorry, a, spec, a specialist for them, a four checker. He was a, he had a role here. Go play with the superstars yeah. and go get the puck, give it to them. And, you know, looking at his career stats, he's got 70 points, so 69 points this year. His career high was 54 prior. You know, when he was here with the Leafs, he was 33, 37, 41. He has uh, just exploded offensively since he's he's left. Um, and and the thought that the Oilers overpaid. <laughs> oh my, he's making five right? five. He's, what's a guy top twenty in scoring with four checks and kills penalties worth? Nine more than that. Yeah, classy guy. He is. Really I, good. I just got to say, in my time working with the the organization, seeing him really admired his work ethic everyone goes home and plays call of duty or you know whatever the kids do he, and he does too though does he uh, he works he, he yeah, was, no, no, yeah, i yeah. know that but <laughs> yeah. he is also uh, into that stuff he, too he, i think he owns a yes. gaming but that's because he's a businessman not because he's a gaming <laughs> person yeah well he's writing books and as you mentioned owning businesses and having kids everyone else is like yeah call the, of duty the first when i was the producer of the leafs pre and post game show uh, my first year. So part of it was you had to do a intermission interview. So yeah. I'd go down and get two questions with whatever leaf they did. And the first leaf that I ever interviewed between was Zach Hyman. Yeah. And if you want to torture me, you could dig that baby up and make me <laughs> listen to it. But he was just like, the, couldn't have been nicer to me. Like, look me in the eye, answer yeah. my question like I wasn't a complete idiot. I'm like, yeah. you know what? This Unlike guy. Unlike us here. Yeah, no. Oh, no, you, guys are, no, you guys treat me like an idiot all the time. That's fine. I am an idiot, in fact. But no, he just, you know, yeah. stuck with me when but I was such a. treat you like one. When I was such a rookie, yeah. terrible interviewer, and he was nice to me. So that's awesome. that stuck with me. Yeah. You know, we, we still should give it ample uh, recognition, the 50 goals for Connor McDavid. Yeah. The one thing that stood out to me is he looked absolutely miserable after the game. Hey, the how just about the interview goal. he did? Yeah. Miserable. I forget if it was and an intermission or after honestly, the game. Honestly, if, if I'm Ken Holland watching that, that scares the crap out of me. Yeah. That yeah. that guy just had a, a career moment, and he's basically looking at the hockey world like, I, I don't give a crap. I I scored two goals tonight, and we still can't win. And this isn't just—I yeah. can't keep doing this. I can't keep putting these numbers up and carrying the team, and 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 then it's falling short at the end of the day. Yeah, and that's what they did last night. His two goals weren't enough. It was the Bruins, though. I mean, hey, listen—it's going to be care. somebody in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Okay, hundred percent. Where he just can't do it. He's Superman. To the With Oilers, Jesus. he's Superman to the league, but he, it ain't enough. Yeah, I forget who asked him the question about getting 50 goals and 100 points, and he was like, yeah, I mean, everyone wants to score, but 
You know, just kind of like left it. Like, we're losing here, man. Yeah. Like, you know, what do you think I care about? Yeah. Hockey players do the dance of humility all the time. Well, I'm just happy. You know, the boys really helped me no. out on that one. McDavid's no. like, I'm going to eat your heart out if you mention my points again. Like, I'm wow. here for the wins. And Rabid. You know, Boston, listen, you can Boston lead. They shut the door. Yeah. Like, Boston is actually come on. the only team, if you look at, like, numbers – the fancy underlying numbers, they play better up a goal. They get up a goal, they get they better. Shut it down. Yeah. Even the best player on the planet. Yeah. It's real quiet. Couldn't find one yeah. when it when when they really shut it down. We were texting last night during the game about Nick Felino looking I didn't think that Nick Felino two years ago had the, his play now in him then. I can't believe how good he looks. He had no back yeah, <laughs> with but the like, Toronto Maple Leafs. He presumably has the he same back, was right? Hurt. He, he got a new was, back. He got a new back. He got, he got a new back. Backyotomy? Yeah, new back. <laughs> he is healthy. He feels good. There's no pressure on him. <laughs> he knows his role, right? I know. I know. It's he's doing that one hand pursuit of the puck, moving his feet in the um, ozone. Who did like, they oh. scratch last night? Because they are loaded on the blue line. Who did they scratch last night? Matt Grizzlick. Was that well, right? Grizzlick's been a little hurt, so if it was someone, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe he was hurt. Yeah. I, I thought maybe he was a healthy scratch. I don't know. Yeah, Orlov, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, <laughs> Forport, Clifton. Um, last thing from that game, uh, looks like a big-time bullet dodged for Brad Marchand. Yeah. When he got kind of in the first shift of the game, it looked like uh, Darnell Nurse almost stepped on his like near his Achilles with his skate. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, I texted you guys. I was like, oh, that looks scary. And he came back into um, the game. And Louie was between the benches and he's like, oh, all the medical people were running down the hall. And you're like, oh my God, yeah. like, what's happening here? And uh, then, I mean, all these fans are like, I hope he's okay in June. Yeah, like, not sooner than that. I hope he walks again. <laughs> yeah. God, you guys are whore. I know you, Sammy. What are you talking? Don't look at hoping. me like that. I love Brad Marchand. I would never. What? Dude. I but would maybe. Never. By the way, it was Clifton scratched last night. Connor Clifton. No, no. Clifton, Clifton played. played. He played. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you went to the wrong game. All right. Fair enough. Might be. Um, got, some, got, a, got a first look at the lines today for the Leafs. Um, oh, we do. We do. Good. Uh, Bunting, Matthews, Marner on the top line. Tavares, O'Reilly, Nylander sticking together. Engvall, Camp, Yarncroft sticking together. Kerfoot, Achari, Lafferty, Zach Aston, Reese, Scratch. Yeah, all predictable. Riley, Hall, McCabe, Brody, Giordano, Lilligren, Sandied, and Timmons. Ooh, McCabe, Brody. That's go. that's a detail. So there you go. That's uh, the early look at the new look lines with Jake McCabe. Did you say Riley Z- Hall? I did. Oh. Yeah, I did. Don't love oh. that either, but we'll see. Geo Lilligren, Sandine scratched. And Zach Aston Reese on the outside looking in, which is not. Boy, McCabe Brody's Yeah, nice. that, uh, that's a NHL fourth line. That is, yeah. Kerfoot. You know, you had. Yeah. It's fine. For, yeah. for you, it's got a little bit more. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's something that's was missing for yeah. a few years. Well, yeah. When you look at that line. You got a bit of size with Lafferty, pace with Lafferty and Kerfoot, heaviness with Achari down the middle. Like that actually has potential to be a really good fourth uh, line. Achari's actually he skates well too. Yeah. It's, yep. a, it's a good group. The yeah. other one too. Last night Bergeron took a he took a stick to the face too. Did you see him go go down a little bit? No, I didn't. Yeah, 
You know who was a one-man wrecking crew last night for the Oilers? Was that Costin? Yeah, Clean Costin. Oh he's a player, goodness. guys. He's, he he's made a really good hell of a play on, on uh, McDavid on the McDavid's second goal. 50th goal. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he bullied someone into the bench, yeah. too. Yeah, he was, he was real good. He was real good. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Yep. We'll take when a break. we come back, Sammy, no JB, and myself will try to answer the bell. Scott I promise Garland's. that's not happening, by the way. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> Comic. Uh, routine. Genius. What? What is he? Let's ask him about the black <laughs> No, I'm interested in him being a comic. All right. We'll All ask right. Him. Scott Darling, former NHL goaltender and a, a NBC analyst for the Chicago Blackhawks and stand-up comedian <laughs> after the break. Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm really excited about our next guest. You are. Yes. <laughs> besides, I am too. Besides the fact uh, we're going to get into Pat Kane with him and Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty. We're joined now by Scott Darling, former NHL goalie, NBC analyst for the Chicago Blackhawks, and stand-up comedian. I just found that out, Scott. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, okay, well, like, I, I, I don't care about Pat Kane. <laughs> I really don't care about Pat Kane. I, I want to hear about where the heck stand-up comedian uh, <laughs> came uh, after your career was over. Okay, so I never knew that I was going to try stand-up comedy. Um, and I always loved I always loved going to watch. And so I was at uh, the Laugh Factory in Chicago just watching. And I, this guy went on, and he was hilarious. He has a, like, a very dark sense of humor, kind of like I have. And um, I was going, I was walking out. I was actually on my first date with like my girlfriend, now girlfriend. Um, and... I was walking out, and he recognized me from, you know, playing on the Blackhawks. And, you know, he kind of just, he's like, why don't you just try it? Just try it. He's like, come. He's like, open for me. Try it one time. If you don't like it, I'll never ask you to do it again. And we've become great friends. He's a hilarious comedian. And now he hates me because I, I, I do more shows than him. <laughs> but I, I, I tried it. I did terrible. I did eight minutes. I bombed. But I had so much fun doing it. It was like. But it, it reminded me of that that like rush that like adrenaline shot down your spine like like playing goalie in the NHL you know like uh, that's the the nervous anxiety but you know the um, and obviously like I stonked the first one up but I, I think I've gotten pretty decent so I, I I have a lot a lot of fun doing it uh, nowadays. Okay, just uh, again we will get into hockey. I promise everybody. But like, <laughs> what is your material? Are you talking about your experiences uh, playing pro hockey? Uh, you mentioned a little bit of a, a dark sense of humor. Where do, where do you go with eight minutes? Uh, my, I mean, I can do, I do like, you know, 15, 20 sometimes now, but um, I talk about all like real life experiences. Like, you know, some, you know, I, unfortunately my dad drowned, you know, um, a couple of years ago, my mom had cancer twice. You know, I, I got divorced and, you know, all this stuff, like, so I kind of just make light of, like, all this real stuff that's happened in my life. It sounds hilarious, I, I, Scott. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, hey, he, Justin just wrote a book about all of that. <laughs> I get the gas 
then laugh. Uh, uh, I, let people, I let people know it's okay to laugh at what I'm saying because I'm, you know, I'm joking about it. Yeah. So. And like, I've, it's it's so funny because like my mom will come out to the show sometimes, and I have a I'm a pretty pretty good one about her. You know, luckily she's healthy, and I love my mom to death. But I talk about how, like I I say like I hate her, like um, and now she screwed me out of like three Olympics and stuff like that. And like, well, because I I was conceived in Germany. My sister was born there. Like I grew up military. And my sister was born there. My mom rushed back to the U.S. to give birth to me. And I'm like, shouldn't you know, you know, like have some maternal instinct that your son's going to be the best goalie in the world at some point. I'm like, 2017, check your receipt. <laughs> so I can get citizenship. I want reparations for three Olympics, you know. So, That's awesome. Well, and then, and I'll, I'll talk about how much I hate her. And I'll be like, you're sitting right there. <laughs> yeah. More gas. I love you, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we wish you all the best, uh, and I know in between gigs, you're actually talking Chicago Blackhawks, so uh, why don't we start with Pat Kane, and uh, it's come to an end, uh, he's going to be a New York Ranger, just your thoughts on how this whole thing played out. Well, I mean, it's a rough day for Chicago, that's for sure. Um, it's been, you know, it's been, we've been on the edge of our seats pretty much the whole season, waiting to see how this is going to play out, and then. When Tarasenko went there, we thought New York was out of it, but Kyle Davidson, the GM, he's, he's been saying the whole time that it's all about what Patrick wants, you know. It's whatever's best for him, and I, I can't believe they figured out a way to make this work, and now I'm just terrified the New York Rangers. That that roster, that yeah. uh, they're an absolute wagon. They really are. Uh, the Patty Kane. No, it's uh, they're a force. The East is a force in general, you know. So we're trying to kind of get a sense for what the Leafs have added and and how they're going to stack up in this arms race. So they've added McCabe and Lafferty. Why don't we start with McCabe? You know what what can Leafs fans reasonably expect to see from Jake McCabe on a nightly basis? Jake McCabe has been probably the most consistent defenseman for the Blackhawks this season. He is he's kind of a meat and potatoes guy, but he, he you know he can jump up and contribute offensively a little bit, but he's just consistent, steady Eddie. As a goaltender, I would love to have Jake McCabe in front of me. And he and he's he's nails. Like so you don't want to mess with him either. Yeah, so the pickup of him and then Lafferty has some of that to his game as well, a little bit of snarl. Yeah, he he has that too, but he can fly and he's north south. Super fast skater, and, and he can finish. He's it's two really good, you know, acquisitions by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we anticipate that uh, uh, Jake McCabe will, will um, play with uh, TJ Brody uh, against the uh, Edmonton Oilers on Wednesday night. Uh, do you see him as a legit top four type of guy that's logging close to twenty minutes a night? Uh, every other night yeah. for 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 a deep yeah, I, team I, like Toronto, I see him as a second pair of defenseman um, for sure. I do. I really like his game. He's quiet. You don't hear his name too much, and that's a good thing as a D man. You know, he's just going to do his job and keep the puck away from the net. Well, listen, we uh, we really appreciate your time, Scott. Uh, we're just grabbing some news here about uh, Rasmus Sandin, but uh, listen, don't be a stranger, okay, on our show. We love having you, and uh, we'll uh, we'll call on you again soon, okay? Yeah, and if you know anybody, what's the, what are the yuck-yucks up there? <laughs> yes. If you know anybody, I just did some shows up there, um, but I want to do yuck-yucks, so if you know anybody, put, put, put a feeler on. Oh, we're making oh, it happen. No, no. We're making hey, this happen. Okay. And, 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 
and uh, three chairs are in the front row for me, Sammy, and uh, JB. Back row, okay? he means. I've been to those. I'll light you up. <laughs> okay, never mind. Back row, back row. <laughs> never mind. Hey, Scott, thanks for doing this. All right, thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Okay, what are you hearing on uh, Rasmus Sandin in the Washington Capitals? Elliot Friedman tweets, Sandin to Washington for Eric Gustafson and a first-rounder. Boston's first-rounder. Whoa. Whoa, Eric Gustafson. Is he the guy who scored 60 yeah, points? He is. And he so is. Can He's he run a power play guy. PP1? He's a power play guy. What's he been playing per game here? Let's look at Eric Gustafson's. Wow, that's interesting. So Boston's first. So so Dubas gets a first rounder back. I'm surprised Washington would part with a first, even a late first. For I guess Well, he's young. Rasmus Sundin's young and still may have some upside and he's a former first rounder. Uh given what's available at the yeah. deadline, like the the D men yeah. out there, that's what's uh, Gustafson make? He's got thirty eight points this year, Eric Gustafson. Yeah, he's so he's running he's, their power play then. He's soft though. He is sixty was so seven goals, thirty one assists, thirty eight points. Yeah. He's got twenty pims this year. Yeah. No, um, that's uh, that's that's got power play written all over it. He makes eight hundred k this year, and he's a UFA at the end of the year. Yeah, so that makes a little bit of room, yeah, right? Like they're real close that, that, now uh, to bring yeah. Murray back. So you shave the one point four off. Yeah, eight hundred. You got yeah, you're up there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm fascinated by this. Um, I don't particularly know about Gustafson as a defender, which may be some concerns there, but let me check out some data on this guy. So, Sandy, you, you develop him, you draft him, you develop him, you give him a chance. I wonder how much of this is Sandine just being unhappy. I don't think it, oh, it, it sat well what he did at training camp. You think um, the team didn't like that? No, no, they didn't like it, yeah. of course. And he hasn't proven to be better than, you know, he thought the Leafs thought he was. He didn't prove them wrong necessarily. And what really didn't help was that you were negotiating off of the Lilligren contract and then Lilligren passed you on the depth chart. Yeah. He is a better player than you. And, you know, he badmouthed Willie Nylander's back-checking. <laughs> that was the the, the last. That was drop. the nail on the cop in the coffin. Hmm. You know, I don't feel like Rasmus Sandin was going to be a positive playoff impact for the Leafs. Like I am not crushed in terms of the Leafs' chances. Yeah. I am curious about the power play thing. Like we have complained about Morgan Riley running a power play for some Listen, time. I, I have a hard time believing they're going to. Trade for Eric Gustafson and have him come in and be Listen, on the top. And I'm I'm with you on that. Like again, you want to you want to replace Morgan Riley with Gustafson? You are making a big statement. Yeah. Well, so I yeah. mean, <laughs> you know, like the statement is that you don't. Riley's got 11 power play points. With four of the best players on earth at his disposal. I'm not debating that there are issues there, and but this is short term. Yeah, maybe you might be right. Mm -hmm. Long term, really bad for the Leafs. You you just started a a lengthy seven point five million dollar 
uh, contract extension oh, for, for Morgan Riley. This is not good that you need to go and get uh, a guy making eight hundred grand, grand to, you guys might, to take his job. Maybe he won't. Then you guys are on, maybe on to something. I, I just, there. My, my thought I, now is probably like, not in. You you are really you're, you're not you're you're still a few months away from the playoffs starting. Yeah, you're going to bring in Gustafson to eat up a minute and twenty off of the power place. He's playing with. Austin and Marner and Willie and O'Reilly or Tavares and Morgan's going to be all pumped up, ready to go into the first round. I don't. I feel like when we have these conversations, you're always so concerned about the fragile ego of these guys. I know the dynamics of an NHL dressing room, and it's not pretty sometimes. There's jealousy in there. There's guys that can drag their lip and suck a room down. I'm not, played, and I'm not saying that that's Morgan Riley here. No, Morgan Riley's a pro, man. He's, he's a class act. That's not Morgan Riley. But I'm just talking in general about the dynamics of a dressing room. When guys aren't yeah. happy, it does bleed. When you played, if you did that, your coach said tough beans, by and large. Like, you know, like, oh, we don't. I don't know how much pandering to that concern did coaches do. I feel like less then than they would now. Uh, I shouldn't say pandering, but you cater to the stars. Yes. Maybe a little bit more. So maybe that's where Riley deserves some. I think that, uh, I think it's harder today than it is for previous coaches to manage, I think, egos or expectations. It's harder today. I, I, I think it was easier to tell even star players in my era 15, 20 years ago, you know what, have a seat. Yeah. And even guys that made big bucks were kind of nervous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe there wasn't as many no trade clauses or, you know, the thought that you could take someone's ice time away or healthy scratch them or browbeat them. Yeah. But today, it's. I think it's different. I think it's a lot harder for for coaches to manage uh, players' expectations, demands, agents, parents. Now, mm-hmm. like parents were 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 non issue in my era. Now <laughs> you're starting to hear. What you're hearing parents mm-hmm. talking to NHL people? Yes, that's messed up. I'm telling you, it's uh, it's out there. And it's it's different. It's just a different world. There, our 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 superstars were twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty years old. Yeah, some of them had kids by then. The NHL stars today are twenty two, twenty three. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad still ten, hanging around. Ten years younger than me. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys want me to get somebody from Washington on this? You know, text Alan. If, if there's someone quick, I mean, do we really care? I, okay, it's up to you. My fancy digging around here is Gustafson's having a, a really good year. Yeah, he's, he is. He's playing over 20 minutes per night in 61 yeah. games, so he's played a ton of ice time for them. Defensively, his numbers check out pretty good um, in terms of expected goals against, and even he's a positive impact offensively. You know, does he he PKs or sorry he, he pen, plays in the power play, but no PK. I just can't see who's he going to take out of the Leaf Six. What would you say? <laughs> We're you working do. on that, all right? Yeah, I don't We're working think, on that question. I don't think he probably does. He's 30 years old, 6 feet tall, 195 pounds. 
Yeah, he's not. Uh, he was in Calgary before Washington, was he not? Yeah, he was in Cal- He was in Where'd Chicago for th- the first four years of his yes. career. And then Calgary. Calgary. He had sixty points in twenty eighteen. Yeah. 2019. No, no. He was a. He was a. He was a big deal in Chicago that year. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking up. You know, he's playing more than he's, he's played twenty. He's played thirty one. He was on the the Habs. He was one of the non four guys on the Habs. <laughs> that they didn't use. Remember that in the playoffs? Did he, he actually was, dress? Yeah, he played sixteen games in the twenty twenty one playoffs for the Montreal Canadiens. Hmm. At a goal, and two, he played 10 for Calgary in 2019-2020. I'm, so. I'm, I'm okay with a, a depth move there. Uh, and he kind of fits into that mentality that Kyle has with the skill level of Marner Matthews. Like he, could, he could thrive with those guys. Yeah. Do we know what year the first is yet that the Leafs got for Sandine? Well, if it's Boston's, is that the one they just gave up? Yeah, for it was. Orlov? I think it was 23, uh, maybe. I'm just looking right now. You know what my immediate thought is? If they have a first back in 2023, is not, um, that's good for their drafting. It's, can they use that? Can they spend it? <laughs> you know, is there still, is there still another demon to add? Like, like Gavrikov? No, there's, but there's no money. It's, it, it, well, Gavrikov's no, making. There's no room. Yeah, without more money out. What's Gavrikov Without more making? money out. Nothing, doesn't he? No, I think he's probably a four, a three. Something like that. A three or four million dollar defenseman. Wow. 2.5. Is he okay? 2.5 with retention. You know, it's it's not out of yeah, the question. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, you could you could make now that work. flip that back. Suddenly say, here's a first, here's... So, so then uh, Columbus ends up getting Boston's first rounder after all? For Gavrikov? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be a roundabout way to get it. <laughs> yeah. I just... I think this is, you know, a lot of people had pretty high hopes for Rasmus Sandin around the Leafs. And, you know, I think this wasn't it Dubas' first pick as general manager was Sounds right. 17th overall. Out of Sault Ste. Marie, his guy, you know, it just yeah. it just is Yeah, I don't see this as a disappointment. In terms me. of like a disappointment of a career? For the Leafs, you mean? Yeah. Nobody ever there are some people that said that between Lilligren and Sandine, they were never going to be much more than five or six. Like they were not going to turn into top four guys. I, I think Lilligren's maybe amongst over like hockey, exceeded. Maybe amongst hockey people, but I for sure amongst Leaf fans. Well, just there was a lot of conversation about think what about he could how be. long they cooked with the Marleys. Who these two? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and they, they didn't. They, they, they needed it. They just weren't ready to be NHLers. It is it's going to be fascinating to see if this works out for Washington cuz like Sandine was in his time with the Leafs, he was put in a very sheltered role, right? He played usually not not a ton in the D zone, a lot of ozone starts, not heavy minutes, but he when he's on the ice, they controlled like 60% of the goals, which like, is great. Yeah. But but the but is is when it blows up, it blows up for Sandine. Yes, and yeah. Lilligren to a certain extent too sure. that it, it, it's just their their mistakes aren't small. No. They end up being like really like tough, out of position, overextended yeah. uh, mistakes that most often they would end up with a puck in their their own net. Mm-hmm. And they got better. 
They both got better. Yeah. Lilligren a lot faster. Mm-hmm. But still, Rasmus can make these glaring errors that, like, you just you, you pick up on them right away. They're you not know, even hidden. My, my two thoughts are, you know, the value of development. Like Sandine, they thought he was ready, like Travis Dermott, and they put him in the Leafs, and yeah. Lilligren played in the minors for longer, but then was suddenly ready to kind of keep going where Sandine didn't seem to be able to. The other thing with Sandine is, like, he has a good sense of how to play physically, like, in terms of hitting, but he's just too small to do it. Yes, to There's, be consistent with it yeah. or to have it as a real threat. Yeah, like, I think if you're the Capitals, you turned Eric Gustafson into a guy you think can be can play for you for the next five years. And I think... And a first. Yeah, and I think you're probably... The biggest worry with Sandine... And why he they probably didn't even want to consider him as an option in the playoffs if somebody got hurt was just something we've talked about when they play against these teams that are big and heavy and skilled is the inability to break it out versus a heavy four. It's just too light. Like it just how many times the Leafs would get hemmed in when it was him on the ice, the puck goes into his corner, mm-hmm. and it just seems that it would never come out. Just as we're talking and I'm kind of thinking about it, I also feel like there must be some value in having a guy who's content to be not not your seven, but like Sandine was not going to be happy. Is the guy watching the playoffs, bumped out of the lineup, already didn't like the contract negotiations, already felt like he deserved more. You well, know it, it like I mean, it pissed me off in the spring when that happened. With Sandine. With Sandine. You're like, yeah, who do you think you are type of yeah, thing? I mean, yeah, well, like, that's just, what they gave him, the who do you think you are, and then he had to crawl back. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened, and they held out, and they're like, we're not going to do this here, and it was like a, the contract holder. We're like, just sign the 1.4 that everyone does and get to camp and prove that you're worth more of that. I, it really I was about the statement of not the money, but like say you think I'm more valuable than Lilligren. Say it. Yes, and the whole way along, Dubas was like, you know, Timothy and Rasmus, Rasmus and Timothy, you know, he just tied them together. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, honestly, I think it's a fantastic move, turning Sandine, who you knew that you weren't going to trust. Mm-hmm. Like he could be on the ice, like he has in the last few playoffs. Yeah, but the nervousness and the the untrust. Yeah, yeah. Was always there with Sandine. Yeah, and Sandine's been playing. I don't know what his ice time per game is at the Leafs. Maybe it's 15 minutes or something. But, you know, Gustafson playing 2021 is not yeah. nothing that he's been used a lot. So curious Man. to see how that changed. Oh, I, I know just, I, yeah. Tampa's forwards it's versus just, Gustafson no, is not it's just, a field it's, it's It's been fun in the last week watching these rosters really change. Like, this is a brand-new team. I, I We know the core. Yeah. Of course we know the core, but... Core doesn't make a team. Yeah, twenty guys make a team, and there's some new faces, man. There's exciting five new bodies here. What do we got? Twenty three games. Yeah, there's five new players in the team. Twenty three games yeah. to get to know each other. Team was clicking along at six seventy five winning percentage or something. They're like, we need a quarter of the team going. Well, build I think, chemistry, build trust. I I think it kind of validates a lot of our you know thoughts and worries about this team that we had had and people were calling us stupid for when the general manager they're winning at a 600 winning percentage yeah <laughs> changes the whole team changes oh, yeah, the yeah. whole team it just is like well i'm going to do the whole thing differently here yeah. outside of the big 4 it changed it it's completely different like it the, certainly is 
Like the fourth line yeah. is two new guys. Ryan O'Reilly's in your top six now. You got two new defensemen. And, and this, on D now. this now can put to bed that you don't have to go and dump Kerfoot or Engvall or, you know, you keep everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get ahead in terms of salary cap with this move. I'm really, th- this over all the guys they added, I can't, I don't know what they see him as in terms of will he be in their six? Who's that? Uh, Gustafson. Like, are they going to okay. sit uh, Lilligren? So uh, Gustafson? If Hall? Listen, He's if, a, if, if Morgan goes down, if somebody goes down, I think you can get him in there. But seven, eight, nine D it takes to go deep. Yeah. You need depth. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to bruise something and he may miss the next game. This is this is depth. Yeah. This is about having guys and I don't necessarily see him going in there and replacing anybody including Morgan on the power play but if he does need to kind of slide in there mm-hmm. it's an option. You know, you're certainly getting older in a way that and I mean that in a good way. Mm-hmm. You know, guys, you mentioned him just being with Montreal for 16 playoff games and a run to the Stanley Cup, being 30 years old. You know, McCabe's 29, Lafferty's 27, Achari's 30, you know, Riley's 30. Guys who are not kids, you don't want to see the mistakes like Galchenyuk and Dermot turning it over in overtime anymore. The time for learning is done. Yeah, and you look at, like, you talk about that, um, the lines that I talked about today with what they've put together now. It's all... There's no development guys other than Lilligren, who's on your bottom pair playing with the opposite of a development guy, yeah. right? Like the, the gritty veteran, Geo. like there's no, it's all kind of adults in your, in your six guys now, yeah. right? There's no development anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's exciting. It just, this is a, it's super exciting. This is a pretty big statement. I think to trade Sandine. I pivot. I'm, I'm just curious. So this is my, I want to see if the first is used for in a trade yet to come still. I I know it doesn't I, seem listen, like I, it, but. it. Uh, Gaver, uh, okay. who yeah, do you think? Gavrikov. Yeah. You think you think uh, that's the guy you're thinking? I, I mean, the one guy that I still, you know, it's not at home. Wh- whether it's, it's not Hall, yeah, Chikrin. it's not going to be one of the big names. But Hall and Lilligren, I think. You want to see how those guys are playing in the postseason? It wouldn't be impossible that one of them struggles for a bit and you'd rather have someone else in. You, see, you mentioned wanting to have seven, eight guys. Right now, Timmons is your eight. Not bad, but don't love it in against Tampa Bay or Boston. It, it, it's also like you're not preparing to play. I don't know. Pick a, take, pick a team in the West. It's the best teams in the league you're playing. Listen, this might be one of the first cups that... It gets the heart. Uh, the Stanley Cup final could be in the first round, and then sure. it just it works its way backwards. It's attrition, where, the, where, yeah. the, where the the easiest of the four rounds could be your Stanley Cup final. Legitimately, you're East against West. Yeah, the East is yeah. Got five. Dom decision had something today, but statistically, the East may have the five or six best teams in the league this year. Like the seventh best team might be the best team in the West. And we'll like see we Colorado said, needs to get healthy, obviously, for that. Who, who's Who's crying in their milk after the first round between Tampa, Toronto, New Jersey, Rangers? Yeah, Rangers get Tarasenko, Kane, Mott. Meyer goes to New Jersey. 
Boys, if they the Leafs miss, if, the if Leafs I'm a Canes fan, round. I'm like, we're just doing pulley yard. What's that, Sammy? The Leafs go in the first round. Oh boys. my gosh! Like it is a we, we, catastrophe. <sighs> catastrophe. <sighs> Stakes are high, boys. Like there is, I can't even. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm going into landscaping. <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be building stairs. <laughs> like I. Which, I'm gonna be digging. I mean, I'm, I'm digging I'm ditches. So Here's the hardest thing to build. If the Leafs lose in the first round, I'm digging ditches. I'm I'm laying cement. Yeah. I can't do this anymore if they lose the first. And round. And not in the city, by the way. No, no, you're no, going no. some. Yeah. Yeah. Owen Sound's not Kirkland Lake. Far enough. That's the north as I can think right now. Kirkland Lake. I'm going north. I have a very simple Real Kipper and Brought to you by <laughs> Edibles for the whole show. We'll just sit here and okay. Let's take a deep breath while uh, Sammy gets that uh, horrible thought out of his mind of just... the Leafs losing in the first round. Take this a deep is breath. my nightmare. <laughs> we got lots of time here. All right. Breathe, Sammy, breathe. Yeah. Who's talking to next? Jason York. York. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank God. And the Ottawa Senators. Are they in it? They're in it. I think so. Maybe they should have traded for Sandine. Maybe. Jason York to talk about the uh, Ottawa Senators and Detroit. Back at it. Back to back. Another two points. Oh, Ottawa's got a shot. And Ottawa's got a shot. All right, Jason York, former NHLer, co-host of Coming In Hot, Sends podcast after the break. Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays, Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Real Kipper and Born. The Kipper portion of that is busy working the phones, getting the scoops, figuring it all out. I'm uh, just not really. No, I uh, just want to give a shout out to Cap Friendly. I mean, what an unbelievable service! These guys are on the ball nine seconds after things happen. So shout out to them because I know a lot of people have consulted them frequently. Yes, we use them a lot, constantly. Um, average trades in the week leading up to the trade deadline: seventeen point six. Uh, last year, I think there was less than that. 22 already this year. All right, let's welcome in Jason York. Uh, not as exciting as Scott Darling because uh, Yorkie doesn't do stand-up comedy. You don't know that. <laughs> but he's funny on our show. Very funny. Really funny. Yorkie, what's going on? Hey, Skipper. Appreciate that. No, yes. I, don't, I never, I ne- I'm not a stand-up guy. Although, you know what? I... Um... Wouldn't mind trying it because you got to have a lot of balls to do that. Oh my gosh, Scott Darling just told us about uh, his first eight minutes. Yeah, Not pretty. I'd rather jump off a mountain in a squirrel suit <laughs> than do stand-up comedy. <laughs> All right, I, I feel you, Barney. I feel you. So uh, exciting here in Leafland. Oh, all kinds of stuff happening. Sandine out, Gustafson in. What like? What can you tell us about Gustafson? Well, he's an offensive guy, right? So he's an offensive guy. And I think most importantly, I know, Borny, you're the numbers guy. I haven't looked at his salary, but he doesn't make a lot of money, correct? I think he's like in a one-year 800 grand deal. Correct, yep. That's, that's pretty good. So through the Leafs, you get a guy that's a decent offensive guy, and you only have to pay him 800 grand. So does this open the door for, for something more for Toronto fellows? Do they, got, do they got room? Like, I haven't looked at their cap. Mm-hmm. This, I would imagine they're very tight to the cap, but I don't know if they need to do anything else. I tell you, um, I heard people debating who they thought improved their team the most. I'm a big Ryan O'Reilly guy. I think the world of him. I know he's not the quickest guy, but his brain, yes. how he thinks the game, his his face-off 
ability. He's one of the best guys in the league. And if you're Toronto, you're a puck possession team. It's so much better. Like, hey, thanks, Tips, to start with the puck. So <laughs> you, you you bring in a guy like O'Reilly. He just he makes them so much better. And if I was to hand pick a guy in the league that was available, I don't know if you could pick a better guy who's going to come in and suit Toronto's needs. And that's most importantly, the guy's won and yeah. he's got a con spice. So um, listen, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a fan of any team. But if if, if I'm going to pick, I, I just think these moves Toronto made have really boosted their chances of uh, of going on a very long playoff run this year. So it must be exciting right now in Toronto. It can, is, yeah. Can you recall anything in the past when we speak of, like, a Boston, Tampa, Toronto, where one, two, three are going toe-to-toe uh, in, in in the trade market? It, yeah. They're, they're, they've built different teams. Yeah. No, it's it's it's... Because you look at Toronto, and they're a different team than Boston. But yeah, I love it. It's like this is like the Cold War arms race right now. Instead of just the U.S. and uh, and Russia, you got three three yeah. people going at it right now. So um, yeah, I I'm still scratching my head a little bit about that Tampa move. I know he was really I know Janet was really good last year. Um, I, I, I've heard all this stuff. Hey, it's it, if you're going to take a shot, and Tampa knows best, and who's to argue with what they've done in the past, but. Man, if I'm to pick a team that's improved the most, I gotta say it's Toronto. I, I gotta say, if I'm saying who's won the arms race so far, I give it to the Leafs. So, what are your thoughts on Sandine as a player? Then you don't think that's going to be a massive loss? There's some, uh, you know, push the glasses up my nose. Numbers people really liked Sandine. Uh, I like him. I, I, I think he's a good, smart defenseman. Uh, does checks all the boxes for what you want in your modern day defenseman. I still think he. He still makes a few young mistakes from time to time, but so do all young guys. Hey, listen, they they gave him up. They got a, a, a defenseman that's older. And uh, would you rather have Sandine for your future? Absolutely. Um, but the move was made. Obviously, they like what uh, Gustafson can bring to the table here. They like the number. Um, so, listen, if, if if things don't work out. Uh, and Toronto gets bounced, and I, I have to think Kyle Dubas is getting fired, right? So he's all in. He's he's pushed all his chips yeah. in, and and uh, I like it. I I like that he's that he's up and he's he's fighting now, Kipper. Like this is exciting. He's making some. He's pushed his chips all yeah. in, and um, and hey, listen, if if Sandine turns into be a great player, well, that's that's part of doing business, right? I I, I like the fact. Toronto stepping up and and, uh, and and coming to the table and, and trying to do what they think is right to try and get them to the next level. Is there something to be said about uh, uh, Jake Ma- uh, Jake McCabe coming here now? Uh, yeah. Buffalo, Chicago, not good teams, not t- playoff teams. He has yet to play a playoff game, but now he's going to just take whatever he's learned over his pro career and apply it for the first time on a very deep team. Um, yeah, no playoff experience, but uh, what a feeling he might he'll have in game one. So, Kipper, you've, I know you've probably played with guys like this, and Barney, you as well, when you guys were in playoff series. When, when you bring a guy in that, that hasn't really tasted winning before, man, he's got to be excited, right? And you know, from what I've heard from reading about Jake McCabe, I don't know him personally, uh, just hearing around, number one, I hear he's a great teammate. Yeah. Number two, I hear he competes as hard as anybody, brings some sandpaper to the back end. So he kind of, 
to me, again, it's a it's it's a good move by Dubas to bring in a guy that checks the boxes. I listen. I'm not gonna lie. Is it great when you bring in superstars like Ryan O'Reilly? Absolutely. But when you bring in these guys that haven't really tasted success, it's it's a different kind of energy, right? And those guys, you know, they're never gonna cheat you as far as their effort and 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 their will to win because he's gonna be hungry. He's hungry, and you hear he's a good person. So um, he's a he's a he's a decent player. Is he a star? But no. But he's. Um, I think he's going to be a good, solid, dependable defenseman, and that's that's exactly what you need, right? When you're trying to go on a long playoff run, you can never have enough good, solid defensemen. Yep. So Yorkie, we've uh, we've got you to talk about the Leafs as long as we could. And now I, I think it's only fair to get the Sens pitcher. Last night they beat the Detroit Red Wings, which was crucial oh, for them to have any yeah. chance at the playoffs. They got him again tonight. What's going on with the Sens? Are they going to add and make a push here? Yeah. I don't. I don't think they're going to do anything substantial. No. I think. I think if Pierre Dorian can make a hockey trade, and that is if, if he's going to bring in that that coveted defenseman that can come in and not be a rental, be here for the future. Um, I think he would make that move for sure. Is that guy going to be available? I think that's going to be pretty tough. Uh, the other thing is, is he going to create? Is he going to trade Cam Talbot? Talbot played pretty well last night. Uh, but Forsberg's hurt right now. One of their starters, they're one A, one B with Talbot and Forsberg. So, do you want to trade Talbot and leave your young team with just two young goaltenders um, with Sogard, who's, uh, who's who's played very well, and, and Mandelizzi? I, I don't know. If, I don't know if Pierre Dorian wants to do that to a team that's. Well, listen, even if they. If 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 they go and you keep hearing this term in Ottawa, they call it meaningful games. They want this team to play meaningful games, so they're doing that right now. I think you need a good goaltender if you want to play meaningful games because he's going to keep you in a lot of those games. So I, I'm fifty fifty on if they trade Talbot. I could see them doing a move, maybe moving a guy like Austin Watson, maybe moving a guy like Nick Holden, but not for peanuts. If they get a decent draft pick, um, call it a third round pick, I could see them doing something like that. Isn't that going to piss off a guy like Derek Broussard who was very vocal uh, after the game last night about the team deserving a chance to get better through the trade deadline. What do you think that does to Pierre Dorian? Yeah, I can, I can see where I can see where Broussard's coming from uh, and good on him too because if they do make a move like that Kipper, he could be potentially the guy that comes out of the lineup and I'm not saying he hasn't, he hasn't played well because he has. He's been a great signing but I, I think for the Ottawa Senators, they need all their young players to play in these situations. This is, this is how you get better. For the last, whatever, five or six years when Ottawa's been playing this late in the season, the games have meant diddly squat. So you're basically evaluating players. You know this as well as I do, Kipper. Those games are not that they're easy to play in, but you don't get a true evaluation of your players. Now they're finally going to get that where, hey, there's, there's some skin on the line, right? There mathematically is a chance they can make the playoffs. So now let's let's see what these young guys can do. So if it's me, I, I, I don't know. And here's the other thing. Why would you mess with what's going on right now? The Ottawa Senators are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. If you go over their record, I, I don't have it in front of me, fellas, but I think they're one of the top five teams, let's call it the last 10 to 12 games. So I don't know. I'm, I, I'm probably not going to change too much of my core. And, uh, Let's see what happens. Let's see what the young guys can do here. We still got some big fish out there. Chikrin, 
uh, Gabrikov at home possibly, and like you just don't hear about yep. Ottawa getting a sniff on any of these. Does it have to do with the sale? Does it have to do with what you said earlier that you know maybe it's it's not quite there yet to for a major move? But one way or another, if they just miss, won't won't it be looked upon as a failure out of Pierre Dorian? Well, don't forget too, uh, Kipper Dorian's trying to put his best foot forward too, right? Because once new once new ownership takes control of the team, there's all these changes, right? So it'd be a lot easier for him once this season's over, saying, "Hey, we made the playoffs. I deserve to stay here as a general manager, right?" Yeah. So could he make a deal to kind of for the benefit of his team, absolutely, and for the benefit of himself? Because it's a lot easier to sell yourself if you're a team that, that has made the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I, I could see that angle. Um, but with don't forget, too, with new ownership coming in, and you just hinted at it, Kipper, I, I don't have any knowledge yeah. of this. Yeah. But I think I'm pretty sure all trades have to be approved by the board, which I've heard they've given them a lot of rope. And then, you know, with the league and the sale, I don't know. Um, and also, too, I, I would assume guys like Ekholm, they have no move clauses, right? So if, if, if Ekholm is going to waive his no move clause or if he even has one, is he going to want to go to Ottawa? I could see him more a fit in Edmonton, guys. I, I'm a big Ekholm fan. I know he's older and he's slowed down. But yeah, me too. I, 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 man, I think he's going to be able to play like that for another four, five, six years. Couldn't, couldn't he help a team that's a legitimate contender right now? That's if I'm Ekholm, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to go play with Connor McDavid if, if that deal's available. All right, Yorkie, we're going to let you go, but uh, always appreciate your time, man. Thanks for doing this. Anytime, fellas. Bordy, take care. Kipper. You Thanks too, Yorkie. Thanks, buddy. Jason York does a good job of covering the Ottawa Senators on his podcast. Coming in sends hot or hot sends, one of the two. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I butchered that. That's fine. I am uh, grinding over the Twitter machine, trying to God. figure out what's going on right now. A lot now. of people watching today, boys. We're up to 2,100 people watching now on Lovely. YouTube. Lots of people listening. Lots of people interested. People in what love trade talk in the National Hockey League. So Bob Stoffer ends his show in Edmonton by saying, I'm going to stick around the station for another hour. There might be some movement. Stoff knows people and knows things. I think the Oilers are about to announce something of substance. Yeah, I, I got to think, but There'll be some musical chairs here. Could that be Chicken? Gavrikov? Ekholm? It's one of the three. One of those three names is going to be an Oiler by the end of the day. I'm calling that. And Ekholm would be the hardest, I think. Just for their salary cap pitcher? Yeah. Also because in terms of retention, you can't see Nashville saying, yeah, we want to pay him $2 bucks for the next three seasons. You know, meanwhile, the other deals. You can if there's another first rounder involved or Mm -hmm. that in a prospect. I guess curious to see what kind of rebuild Nashville enters here. Like if they go all out, you could see that happening. Say, hey, Barry Trotz, start from scratch, buddy. Yeah. This is awesome, boys. It's fun. This is trade deadline day. This feels like that, you know, lots going on. Until Sammy's crying in June. <laughs> all right, if, if, if I'm giving cr- up too much. and Oh, I was going to say, if I'm crying in June, that means the Leafs went really deep and I'm happy. <laughs> so sorry crying in uh late, late april? april yeah late april couple other things worth noting um you saw kerfoot's name get tossed about a little bit 
Mike Stevens, the guy who writes for the yeah. Hockey News, he he said that he's heard Toronto and Vancouver in conversations. One of the names that has come up is Kerfoot. Still. Yeah, that was just a few minutes ago. James yeah. Myrtle just tweeted that very interesting trade and more moves coming regarding the Maple Leafs. I mean, I how many players can you change on a it's, team? It's, it's, it's going to look like a brand new team. Well, we've talked about it here. Yeah. And, and you and I have gone back and forth. And I've been pretty, I've liked the Leafs a lot. But you've said they no. need a top six guy. They need yes. bottom guys. They need yeah. D. You have said all these different positions. And Dubas agrees yeah. that they needed yeah. several yeah. new players. I, I do feel that we are all very validated. We're validated by yes. questioning a lineup that yeah. was having success. It didn't uh, matter. Everything's great. <laughs> top, top. <laughs> what drops you know, today? Top five. Yeah, it looks great when you have 32 teams, but it, it looks horrible when you see the four ahead of you. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, is that you're not competing against 32 no. teams. You're not even competing no. against 16. You're just, you're, you're competing you know against you're competing your division. Against. And in many ways, like, you know, perhaps if, uh, if there was a, a cloudier picture on who the Leafs were going to face in their first round, we may not be seeing these types of moves that's like fair. This, this has been, they've had since November the know of how they want to envision a team now to go up against Tampa Bay. You played them last year. Yeah. You know them. You should know them as well as they know themselves. I know. So build. You got all the time in the world. Build to beat them. Yeah. So that's such a good point. You can really target one group. And just to confirm the things we were just talking about, Chris Johnson saying uh, sentiment around the industry that Leafs have more moves coming. David Peñota says um, in the next couple hours, may see another deal in the next couple hours, plenty of activity around Toronto. So maybe they are going after the, that Tampa Bay Lightning team and saying we know what we specifically there need to do. always uh, you know, danger of over overcooking or not overcooking but just you know if you're the chemist you know having yeah. a little bit too much a year oh yeah and, oh no you can you get know, this wrong <laughs> you like, cook something fancy just, there's a lot of ingredients here it could I, go wrong i know they just watched the their tv comp- show the bear yeah and you know you get getting fancy the can sometimes bear? go no nothing <laughs> you know, the cocaine bear no no the the bear kipper you would love the bear it's uh it's about a uh, oh, I want the cocaine bear. I no. want to watch the cocaine bear. Actually, you and your wife should watch The Bear. It's an excellent TV show. Is okay. It's Carlton? About, it's, it's a documentary the on Carlton? No, but the, so to be clear, The Bear does not do narcotics? No, there's not no narcotics involved with The Bear, but it's about a Chicago. It's about this fancy chef who takes over his brother's business. It's like this greasy spoon. He's trying to turn it into a better spot. It's and they're excellent. selling drugs? No, drugs! Oh, okay. Anyways. Right. Actually, there is the some bear. drugs. Yeah, The Bear. Watch The Bear. Yeah. I, listen, they're, they're safe. As long as Marner, Matthews, Nylander... O'Reilly. Do you want to do a fake trade? You got one for me? Sure. All right. Frank Cervelli, spitballing, says. Oh, yes. To Leafs, Gavrikov and Corpusalo. Mm. To CBJ, Boston's first, Toronto's third, Toronto fourth, yeah. Yeah. Justin Hall, 50% yeah. retain on Gavrikov. Remember, if they I, trade I, for Corpusalo, we're the smartest guys on earth. I, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this. Yes. I, I, I mentioned finding a way to flip out Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. Well, then sure. things open right? up. Yeah. And I think they think they're still vulnerable there. Well, and they are vulnerable there. Imagine right? doing all this and you're yes. relying on Samson no, 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 and Joe Wall. 100%. And that's where I think the, the the next moves are coming, is that they know they cannot count on Matt Murray being healthy. And to put Wall in there or Shelgren 
you saw Samsonov almost get hurt right. the other day, and it was like, <gasps> like the air out of your hey, let lungs. Let me tell you like, something. What's the plan? Corpusalo stunk this year. Okay, if, oh, if that's the guy, okay. that's the guy. No, it's the other goalie that stunk. Merzlikens. Merzlikens stunk. He hasn't been too bad. He hasn't been too bad? No, I'm just looking up his numbers. I just, they've had a crappy year. I can't believe that any goalie's had a good year. He's above, he's, <laughs> I was going to say he's above 899. <laughs> yeah. There was, they were, remember bubble hockey? They were lights out. Oh, yeah. Deadly goaltending. Couldn't beat he, him. He has a 913 save percentage this year. There you go. Jonas Corpusalo. Yeah, it's the other guy. How many sticks? games? In 28 games. 313. Listen, you feel uh, better about it than against? Matt Murray with a high ankle sprain. Absolutely. And he's got a killer duster in his picture on HockeyDB, yeah. so bring Ooh, him in. Ooh, the dusty. Uh, I'll be shocked if they don't flip, find a way to flip. Murray. I just, it's not enough, though. What do you mean it's not enough? Not enough to give Columbus? For Gavrikov and... Retention. And to take Matt Murray off your hands? That may cost him another first rounder. No, yeah, the the proposed trade there didn't in, include Murray. You I know, think, I think in but this, you have to get you, Murray off. I see what you're saying, or no. you don't activate him. You just kick him in the ankle. <laughs> One, <laughs> like, oh, that ankle barked again, and he's yeah, but, he's LTIR. No, but but Matt Murray has to be on board, guys. I don't. Yeah, that's right? of course. Like Matt Murray, Matt Murray has to say, "I'll uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink," and disappear for you on uh, long-term IR. Like, and if he doesn't you, go for it... And then you play him with the Marlies he, for the two weeks he, before playoffs. If he and turns say, around and says, like, no, no, I'm a good goalie. I want to play. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. Yeah. That's where the memo comes back. This is where being boys with Dubas maybe helps. And Dubas says, Murr. Murr, dog. Murr. Had you. On. Traded for you in junior. No, that was Jack Campbell. But... This is what it's all been about. I, From Sue to Sue, bud. <laughs> I don't... I, I, there's just not enough time for Matt Murray to come in and make you feel better, is there? None. <laughs> Absolutely none. Take your time no. when I ask you that question. <laughs> Breathe. No, no, not a chance. I don't feel comfortable about it. He can come back and he can pitch three shutouts in a row and I'm going to be like, I'm still a little nervous just because of the injury history. Going into the season, my buddy as a Sens fan was like, Murray, he's pretty good, but watch out if he sneezes, he might, you know, snap a shoulder. We uh, buying in anything on Colton Pareko or JT Miller? The Miller thing is interesting. That would be Pittsburgh that was paired up with them, with Miller. Yeah, which again, Jimmy Rutherford, right? Yeah. Pittsburgh connection. There is one, strong one. But really? You know, for Pittsburgh, they want to take I that Miller deal on? it looks so bad. It looks bad on... Vancouver, Vancouver signing yeah, him, trading you, him within you made minutes. The commitment, and then you turn around and you say, "Oh no, it was a bad move. Get rid of him." The decision to go Miller over Bo Horvat, and then not to have anybody. Bo Horvat looks like Gretzky in Long Island so far. Every game I watch, so interesting yeah, well, choice. The games I've seen from him, yeah, there. He is pop. He's in big time. He's been he's been the best yeah. player by far. Yeah, they're still in a wild card yeah. spot. I don't think they would be without him. So that's worked. Um. Oh wait a second, Elliot Friedman. Oh come on, Engville to the Islanders. Engville to the oh Islanders. My God, <laughs> boys. Whoa. Oh, we gotta, they had to make room for something bigger. This is whoa. Whoa. You don't trade him for nothing without a plan. You don't, wow. You don't, just, you don't just ship him out. Wow, 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 wow. All right. Oh, my. 
I'm, I'm Pierre Engvall to the Islanders. I'm perspiring back here, boys. I am perspiring. Ah, oh, all the guys you're just like, yeah, he's a good player. It can be a little frustrating. They're wow. They are just done with it. So right what would now, you say? yes, yeah, you do here. You got enough penalty killers, right? I mean, Achari is an addition who kills penalty. He kills penalties. Lafferty kills penalties. He became less integral, but this to me is about creating more room, isn't it? Yeah. I no, surely you can't do more than unless they. All right, what's coming back for Pierre here? Yeah, I, I can't believe Lou Lamorello traded for Pierre Engvall after seeing him here is, for years. That is the upset of. The I century. can't believe Lou and Kyle did a trade. End of sentence. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, just take him. A no, sack, uh, he's a third pretty rounder. good hockey player. Third rounder, at least, I would think. Third uh, everything's great. Everything is different. The one thing I I do like about Engvall is he's big and he's it's, fast. Yeah, for sure. There, this is he's not a bad oh, hockey player. Frank Cervelli, hearing Luke Shen. The Leafs have acquired Luke Shen. Luke Shen to the Leafs for maybe a th- third. Oh you, you think what what came in for Engvall goes the other way for Shen? Not quite a three team trade, but maybe. I, I didn't even know. Luke Shen to the Leafs. What do we even say? I like Luke. Good guy. Has one great depth guy. Seven, six, seven, eight spot. I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed that the moves would be made to make room for Shen because I'm not even sure he's in their six. He's not good enough to no. really bump someone for me. No. Like Lilligren, I guess. So you have Sandine, or sorry, you have McCabe play the right side, which he can do. So that bumps Lilligren. And then your bottom pair is Shen Geo. Ah, it does sound better. Yeah, that's uh This is a whole new team. Yeah, it's a whole new team. Boys, we got a whole new team. Like, we get, we're going into the game tomorrow night with a completely different team. Like, I don't... like. By the way, this is electric. Oh, my God. <laughs> my heart is racing. This is not... Like, this is why you get into doing live radio. Yeah. Why you get into doing this for days like this. It's incredible. So, just Another to recap. Another PK guy, yeah. They've traded Sandine. Yeah. For a first and Eric Gustafson. They have now traded uh, Pierre Engvall for unknown. And they've traded for Luke Shen for unknown. See, Luke, in the last twenty-five, Luke can go shoulder to shoulder with with uh, Tanner, you know, like that's that's the battle right there. That's the yeah. yeah you don't want Tanner, you know, taking runs at Lilligren and Sandine well, and Timmins yeah. and TJ Brody and yeah, Jake McCabe's there, but so is now Luke Shen. If you need him in the five-six spot. I mean, if you want to sit there and read... Okay, so the... Hold on, the Leafs just tweeted out what they got for Engvall. Uh, a third rounder next yeah. year. Yeah, good call. Yep. Um, a third rounder? Yeah. So here's, you know, just kind of working it over in my head is you look at Tampa Bay's forwards and the other team's forwards go against your D, your forwards play their D. It's not forwards on forwards as yep. much. And that third line of Tampa is Colton, Paul, Janot. And the fourth line is Perry, Belmar, and Maroon. And you're talking about building a team to be constructed to hang with those guys. Yes. You know, you may be talking about Lilligren watching in round one here, or at least to start the playoffs. If 
feeling more comfortable that a guy like Shen can handle that. <laughs> Luke Shen's old number two was just <laughs> taken the, by Jake McCabe. Right. What the hell are we doing here, boys? Uh, the third this year to you Vancouver. Know, you, you know what we're doing, eh? What? We're going old school. What's that? Achari, Lafferty, Shen, McCabe. I don't Going know. old school. So okay. just to clarify. Take the skill, and we've got our skill and yeah. our four guys. The rest of them, meat and potatoes. So they're trading. Uh, they got Engvall a third for him next year. They have traded this year's third for Shen. Okay. So third in, third out, swap the years. Love that trade. I'll say that right now. Bring so, Luke home. I've been saying bring Luke home for the whole I time we've have. been doing this show. So now and he is home. Luke has come home. The human eraser has returned to his glory in Toronto. One point, yeah. One point two on Engvall is he was an expiring contract, and what was he going to cost in the uh, off season? Two, Three, four, two, two four. Six, okay, yep. Something two, like eight. That. Uh, yeah. Listen, I that is a guy I will never depend. Miss. Depends if he helped you in any way shape or form in that first round yeah that's the difference between for him half a million dollars curious now what becomes of the forward lines that to me puts zach aston reese back in that bumps kerfoot up your fourth line is now aston reese achari lafferty pretty damn good still kerfoot plays with yarn and camp and yeah that uh i got i got lafferty up over Yarncrock. Wow. I do. Really? But he, meat and potatoes. Who, who are you talking about here? Meat is this about potatoes. Lafferty or is this about Yarncrock? Yarncrock's soft. Yeah. Yeah. Kerfoot, yeah. soft. I still don't, I'm not thrilled going to battle like with Kerfoot and Yarncrock, but I I think when push comes to shove, Lafferty's up and Achari's up. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, Achari and I, averages I have, 15, 16 a game I, I, this year. I, I, he plays. I, I'm not seeing them play eight, nine minutes on the fourth line. Right. I see Yarncroft buried when the push comes to shove. And I'm not sure where Kerfoot. Kerfoot pushes snow on too many times for me. Well, uh, you need some players that can play and, and connect the dots oh, no. between talented like, guys. Listen, you know, he, like Kerfoot comes in with speed. Yeah. Like if he's he's got to be that water bug now, especially with. Engvall's speed's gone. Yeah. I get it. But yeah. what I'm I'm talking about a shoulder-to-shoulder best of seven right now, which is skill out of your four guys, and then the rest of them stick a stake in I, the middle of the room and I will let say, the dogs eat. You don't feel like this team is any – you haven't lost any – sort of ability to play, to score, to produce. You still have all that offense, the same amount of guys to score. Engvall in 17 playoff games from him had zero goals. Just remind you of that. Um, Sandine also. But what they do have is guys that aren't going to get ragdolled. Like Shen's not taking it. You know, the, the, the guys that they have added are going to be in the scrums. This is fascinating. I love it. You I, should. I they, love it. I love it. The Leafs are a, I'm going to say it again a completely different hockey team than they were when they played the squids. Like, this is a different Yeah. <laughs> they got some sack right now. <laughs> Just say it, Sammy. They 
Say it, Sammy. They got a little sack. There you go. They got a little meat and potatoes. Yes, they do. I am fired up about this right now. Horses. This is the same Luke Shen that's been playing with Quinn Hughes for long stretches of time. Like, it's not like, you know, he he can't play minutes. I, this is so awesome. So, is she, yeah. Don't they still have too many D? <laughs> Someone have to go. Count them. They got eight. They got eight, including Timmons on the on the lineup. So, All right. Sorry, does this Brad May clip uh, suit the Leafs now? I'd fight my mom to win another Stanley. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Oh man, boys, um, our timing was pretty good for this show. <laughs> I got to yeah, admit. No kidding. Wow. Um. So. God, I wish they played tonight. Actually, it's good. We'll have, we'll have one day to get the roster settled. We'll come up with some lines and everything. We'll they'll skate tomorrow morning, presumably, and talk. I yes, I well tomorrow afternoon, but we'll get some talking. I I have a Luke Shen jersey. I bought it in his rookie year. Wow. Yeah. Um. I was really excited about Luke Shen. Obviously. Yeah. He it is number two. He does not wear number two now because of Jake McCabe coming in. Um. But they are going to be a lot harder to play against. There's just no doubt that they are a much, if, if much is in, yeah. different element to play. So I will never miss Angle do you ever think, for one minute. Do you think Dubas is done? No. I I think there's maybe some goaltending situation he's going to look long and hard at. And maybe maybe we'll know something Wednesday, Thursday. Do you think he wants to see uh, Murray play? Yeah, maybe a couple. Well, he's eligible when? Tomorrow to come off? Yeah. He won't play, I don't think, against Edmonton, but he could probably play against Calgary. Do you think he wants to see that game? Does it matter? doesn't matter to me. You're still worried about him. You can't. One game's not going to change anything. Uh, I I do wonder if you trade Justin Hall now because you have 8 d so there's an so apparently Mark Masters has put put out that there's a pretty emotional scene in in Seattle. All the Swedes are walking and Sandine and Angvold they're walking them out. William and Rasmus are arm in arm, hugging. Yeah, seems like a great guy. Yeah. Okay. Bye. See ya. <laughs> you know, it seems like a great guy. But seriously, you know that's not uh, that's great. Yeah, Twenty six hundred people watching our show, boys. On. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Jeez. Ruthless finished Ice our cold. show here. Ice cold. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And there's still Ekholm out there, Chikrin's out there. Yeah. Colton Pareko. Do you think Col- Dubas- Colton Pareko has a no trade clause in his contract? And has not been approached yet about moving it. No. Yeah. So, like, come on. If you haven't talked to him or his agent up until now, you're not going to do that to a guy that you want to cup with. Yeah, that, that sounds right. I, I am I am curious to know do you think Dubis with no contract for next year, do you think that's re- related to going guns a blazing? <laughs> do you think? <laughs> it'd be pretty Seriously, hard it'd be pretty hard not to draw is like swinging for the fences. It got him backed into a corner he and he is, is not going down. It. Oh my God! Is he feeling it now? The now the craziest moment of all is when they announce that Morgan Riley's going to the wing. <laughs> yeah, That's not your second line winger. All right, boys, this has been awesome. Just an incredible amount of fun.
I'm thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good. Leafs have eight defensemen. Not sure that that's done. Leafs have a goalie who they don't know they can trust, who makes four and a half million. Not sure that's done. This uh, is really fun. We this was a great show tomorrow today. Tomorrow will be a lot of fun, too. All right. More to come. Wow. Oh, wow. Almost like 2,700 people Let's watching go. on YouTube. I just. And it's going to get even better tomorrow. All right. JB, thanks, pal. You too. Sammy. Derek, great job. My palms are so Sis Boomba. <laughs> Jason York. Scott Darling. I never got a chance to try my comedic. Uh, That's a shame. We had Zach Hyman. That feels you? like Zach six Hyman was years on ago. three years ago. Yeah. What do you call two nuts walking through Central Park? Oh, my God. Oh, God. Don't get us canceled. Oh, wait a minute. I Not that all up. nuts are equal. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Um, Send the show. I can't yeah, remember the joke. Kipper and Bourne. I can't remember the joke. I'll remember it for tomorrow.